Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood, and joining me this evening are, as always, Trey Barrett. He's back, everybody, and Will Greenwood. What's going on, Trey? First of all, how are you? Well, I'm still alive. That's about all I can say. Barely. I'm hanging on by a thread, but at least this week I have not a great voice, but at least a voice so that I can contribute a small part to the show. Happy to be back with you, fine gentlemen. And Will Greenwood, how are you? I am great because Trey is back. Thus, I am so happy. Trey, you have no idea how rough it was last week, which is Ryan and I going back and forth. Mostly kidding at Ryan's expense. <laughs> I'm like, what? I wasn't really. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you guys. I'll see you later. Um, no. Um, yeah, so no, but we're definitely glad, glad to have you back. It, it's not the same without you. Um, the fantasy judges are here full force. Um, and we're going to get you ready for, uh, the playoffs with our predictions. Uh, we're going to get you ready for the off season. We're going to talk about some guys and that are, that are unrestricted free agents and salary cap implications. It's going to be a great show, but first we're going to start off and we're going to do a little bit of, uh, not a recap of week 17, the regular season of the NFL, but we're going to do our, um, moments of the week and our letdowns of the week. And, we're naming our moment of the week after the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills moment of the week because the Bills are in the playoffs. I don't know how long they're going to do it, but they're in. So, uh, Buffalo Bills. So, uh, Trey, why don't you kick it off? What's your Buffalo Bills moment of the week? Well, it's, you know, this last week, those uh, 4 o'clock games where um, so many playoff spots were uh, up for grabs, um, with even some of the, I mean, the that you know Ravens and Bengals game coming down to the final play, um, or, or not the final play, but you know the the final play of the um, Bengals drive. Um, but you know, just the excitement surrounding games that really matter. Now we're in the playoffs. It's win or go home. And I think too, for me, um, this year. The playoffs are so wide open, especially in the NFC. I think the AFC, most people expect the road to the Super Bowl to go through either New England or Pittsburgh. But, I I mean, in the NFC, you could make an argument for um, almost all of the teams that are uh, still in it. So just super exciting. I can't wait to see these games, watch some football this coming weekend. It's uh, great, great football, high level of competition. Yeah, I'm super excited, too. I'm super pumped. It's going to be so much fun. Um, Will, what about you? What was your Buffalo Bills moment of the week? Uh, well, moment of the week is fantasy football is over. <laughs> it, it's, it was a great season. It was super fun to make it up through the playoffs and everything like that. And it was just a, gr- a great thing where the regular season kind of comes in. You kind of you finish. Basically, for me, it's a lot of consumption of information. It is once, the, once week 17 is over, you don't have to hear with any of the, the – uh, and part of my French, the, the BS that people talk about in week 17, you finally get into the nitty gritty of talking about like contracts and rookies in the draft. You just get to turn with a new leaf. So, I, I, you know, I was sad that, you know, week 16, it was gone. 
but now week 17, uh, now that's really, really gone, we get to get into the fun stuff. Uh, and so overall, it's just going to ramp back up. And the other thing is uh, now it's, it's, it's now for the, the madness of college hoops. And so we're two months away from, from March Madness, which I think is one of the greatest sport events we have. Yeah, March Madness is awesome. Yeah, in a couple of months from now, it's, it's really a great time of year uh, because you got March Madness, you got spring training, uh, you got you got all kinds of kinds of fun stuff to look forward to, but not as fun as what happened on uh, uh, New Year's Day with University of Central Florida, the Golden Knights, winning the Peach Bowl. Everybody, your national champion, UCF Golden Knights. <laughs> um, an honorable mention goes to. Of the Rose Bowl. It was such a fun Rose Bowl, right? That Georgia backfield, man, if, if uh, you weren't paying attention to those Georgia running backs before uh, going into your 2018 uh, rookie drafts, you, you certainly are now. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a, just a, such a fun game. I really, really loved watching that game. And, and it was kind of a, a letdown after um, <laughs> you, you, the, with the Alabama uh, Clemson game, but, Anyway, th- those were my uh, Buffalo Bills moments of the week. What about our letdowns? Uh, letdowns, of course, we're going to call it the Baltimore Ravens letdown of the week. Uh, Trey, what, what do you got for your Baltimore Ravens letdown? Well, in kind of in contrast to, to what Will mentioned um, with, you know, in Dynasty, there is no offseason. Um, however, you know, <laughs> you spend the entire offseason – um, preparing, making trades, fine-tuning your team to make a run at championships. And uh, some championships were won, some championships were lost, um, but there is something that's just kind of like a little bit of a letdown after those last games go through where you're no longer setting lineups, you're no longer watching the slate of NFL games with the same anticipation you know, waiting for those guys that you own across most of your leagues to go crazy and, and score, you know, tons of touchdowns. So I, you know, it's just every time fantasy season ends, it's kind of like, Oh man, it's only, you know, eight and a half months until there's football games on to watch again with fantasy implications. So just a little, little bummed out, but you know, like, like well mentioned, uh, the off season is a beautiful time in dynasty. So there's uh, some silver lining, on this uh, grayest cloud of the Baltimore Ravens. No days off. No days off. <laughs> and Trey, I'm with you. I mean, I, I love, you know, this off season we're getting into with dynasty and even in the playoffs, Scott fish has this uh, playoff challenge for fantasy cares. So if you haven't joined that, it's 10 bucks to play. I, I know at least Trey and I did it last year and we both want some money. Um, so that's fun. So that's a way to still make lineups and stay active. There are other tournaments you can play as well. The NFL has that playoff challenge. Um, there's DFS, of course. So there are other ways you can stay active. But, it, yeah, it's not quite the same. It definitely is bittersweet. I think that's a good way to describe it. It's, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's still football, and we should savor it while we have it. But, but yeah. Um, Will, what about, um, what about you? What's your Baltimore Ravens letdown? Oh, just as an, an all SEC college final for the football playoff. Even if it was, even if it was the Big Ten or the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve or any one conference, this is just boring. Ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I agree. It's a letdown. I mean, if, if loyal listeners know that Will and I are Big Ten guys, I mean, they definitely know who Will is. They maybe not know that I am because 
uh, University of Illinois is my team and, and, you know, they haven't had a football team for several years now. Uh, but we're big 10 guys and, and yeah, the, you know, if you're, if you're not an SEC guy like Trey, it does get kind of old them dominating, but, but I do think we have the best game for sure. I think in my opinion, Georgia, Alabama, it should be a, you know, might be. A- uh, I feel like Oklahoma, Alabama, it's a more fun game though. I don't know. But it, it, the, the, the thing that like, I'm a little curious about for dynasty implications, how overrated do you think the Georgia running back is going to be going into next year's rookie draft? Do you think Nick Chubb just potentially moved himself to the 103? Uh, Michelle, like, screwed it up a little bit, depending on where he lands. Like, uh, that's a huge game on national television. I actually was pretty bummed that Sony Michelle went off like he did because he was a guy that I was hoping to snag at the tail end of the first round because uh, I think, depending on his landing spot, I think Sony Michelle is vastly underrated. He is – if you want to, you know, flash back to looking at a guy like Alvin Kamara, who was a big time recruit coming out of high school, went to Alabama and never really fully splashed um, on the college level. Sony Michelle's been that guy. He's never been the number one running back at Georgia, but it's not because of a lack of talent. It's just because he's been behind guys like Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb, who is before his injury, you know, was an all world type running back. And I think, honestly, I think that Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle both have the possibility of going into the, with the depth of this class, they could slide into the third or fourth round of the NFL draft. Um, I think they could both still be values, but having that blow up game on a national stage, definitely, I think boosted them a little bit, but I, I think they belong higher than they probably will end up going in dynasty rookie drafts. They both look real good. Real, it's gonna, real good. It's going to be fascinating to see. I, I, I don't remember who tweeted this um, off the top of my head, but some, it was something to the effect of, you know, in dynasty rookie drafts, there are like 14 running back first rounders. I, I think there are a lot. <laughs> the running back depth is, is yeah. unbelievable. So there definitely will be some values somewhere in, in rookie drafts. And uh, watch out, watch out for nin, 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 Nintendo Michael. Next year, another back. I'm just kidding. So, so Michelle and Jenna, like, come on, work with me here. Woo, we'll work on it. <laughs> Ouch. I'll be here all day. And and just a quick thing before I get into my my. Uh, I wrote that down, so it's worth it's worth mentioning. <laughs> well, we're a quick thing before I get into my letdown. Um, the Superflex um, drafts are going to be really intriguing because you have several quarterbacks now. Uh, with Rosen and Darnold declaring um, right before we started recording this podcast. So I can't wait to see what happens in Superlux drafts. It's going to be fascinating. Um, Lamar, Lamar Jackson declares? Ooh-y. Well, you know what? That, that's For me, that's what's the most exciting is that you've got probably um, Darnold and Rosen um, and even Allen who could end up going at the top of the first round. And so these guys – like for me, Baker Mayfield's going to be a huge sleeper because he could go a little bit later in the first round to a team that's maybe a little bit better supporting cast um, and, and provides him maybe a better opportunity. I'm, I, I know that, you know, people are kind of all over the place on Baker Mayfield, but I am super excited to see what he does at the next level. And Lamar Jackson too. I mean, you know, these are guys that could get picked toward the end of the first round and, and go into maybe a little bit better uh, starting situations 
And Lamar Jackson, I wonder, you know, he had a really bad um, bowl game. I wonder if that hurts his value, if that's the only game that some people saw of him. And, uh, you know, with his legs, I think he's going to, uh, you know, at least have a nice floor in the NFL. So, yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that. We And we will talk about it often in, in future shows. But uh, my Baltimore Raven um, led into the week. Oh, this kind of ties in what we're talking about. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks so good on Saturday, just so good that really – any chance I might have had of acquiring him because I don't have any 101s on my dynasty teams are gone. So case in point, and, and Trey first retweeted this and I saw it. I think it was myfantasyleagues.com retweeted it. Um, Blockbuster Trey just went down for the 101 in my dynasty league. Who wins? Either the 101 or a package in, <laughs> that consists of Mike Evans, Devonta Freeman, <laughs> Aaron Jones, Robert Woods, and I'm not yet done yet, a 2019 first-round pick. Um, and, uh, you know, with that kind of, um, you know, price that, that, that um, Barkley will fetch in some leagues, and that hype's only going to build because he's kind of the perfect prospect on, on paper. You know, he doesn't have any flaws. There's no off-the-field issues. And, and he's just so polished and gifted and looks so good. And, uh, you know, there's nothing not to like about Barkley. So if, you know you're not going to be able to trade for that one-on-one I don't think unless there's just someone that's not paying attention so that's my my, my that's my my guess my letdown is that I know I'm not going to own him um unless something dramatic happens unless he like tanks at the combine which he won't the only, the only place I'm going to get him is in our, our rookie madness one where I, I, I don't I'm a little concerned because there's not a lot of talent to surround him uh Joe Flacco is currently my 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 highest quarterback besides uh uh, Patrick Mahomes, you got him on your team. Yeah, besides Mahomes, I mean, but who knows? Like you're, you start going some speculation, but hey, this will get one. I, I think Mahomes was going to get. I was excited what I saw of him week seventeen. I could have had that be my Buffalo Bills highlight because I own him in a few places, and you know, I, I mean, it's you never know, uh, but you got to like what you saw the first game. Um, and, what if he goes to the Browns? If he goes to the Browns, maybe selling. Oh, Barkley doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, man. He. Yeah. And that's not a bad spot. I mean, they've, their offensive line will be good. They've got the, the resources to invest. Uh, you know, the, uh, see, I think that's another thing to think about, too. Don't, that narrative, I think, is going to change. Um, uh, you know, Dorsey is a, is a solid GM. Um, I know, you know, with the, with the coaching situation there, <laughs> you got a guy that's won a, one game in two years. But I, I you know, I, I think hopefully, especially for Cleveland fans, that narrative will change. I'm not afraid to to take any Browns players, um, you know, if they, if they draft Barkley or one of the Georgia running backs or whoever. So. Well, because things can turn around so fast. I mean, I think that the LA Rams and, and honestly, people will probably overuse this example moving forward because you're not going to very likely see again, a turnaround that the LA Rams did from last year being Jeff Fishered to this year just being unleashed by Sean McVay. Um, but that's a perfect example of people being fearful to invest in Todd Gurley last year because of his team and the offense he played in. And one coaching change happens and boom. So I, I think that, um, you know, the Cleveland Browns is a they're, – they're a team, I think, that are on the rise. They, they've got two, two top four they, picks. They can't go anywhere but up. So, so Yeah, that's right. The, so I also think the Rams are going to be if they if uh, it, it's probably for another show, but if there's not a sell high, if there's not sell high players, other than like the Rams have to be the 
weakest team ready for, for uh, regression overall. I mean, I get that, like, he came in and everything's revamped, but the NFL gets it the next year. Like, they figure it out, is, is my opinion, I guess. So, like, like Todd Gurley would be the number one running back next year. You think it's going to be the same? Like, when has that really ever happened recently? And, and things like that. So, that who, there's going to be ramp, rampant speculation of who's going to be the next year's Rams. And if I had owned some Rams, I would be trying to just take, like, I mean, like, if you get the 101 uh, for, for Todd Gurley – uh, maybe you get a little one-on-one plus a little something-something for, for Todd Gurley. You guys not taking that? I would probably um, not. I would rather have Todd Gurley than the one-on-one right now, honestly. Um, and, and that's not enough. It has to be a little plus-something, though. Yeah, it depends on what that plus-something was. Um, but, I mean, you have to remember, I mean, Todd Gurley is 23. So it's not like he's, you know – I mean, I mean, he's got several, and and it's it's not just him, and you know the talents there, but it's it's the work he's getting in both the passing game, the running game. He he is the cornerstone of that offense. They in the red zone, they they give it to him in you know running and passing. So I think he he could be in for you know multiple top three running back seasons in the coming years. And while Saquon Barkley is uber uber promising, I mean. Well, I, you know, I guess the, it's a good thing that the NFL never has, you know, hyped up prospects that fell flat on their face since that's never happened before, you know. Or that a top running back has never fallen flat on his face. Right. But, I mean, I, I, I think the signs are all there that Barkley could be great, but I I think I would probably rather have uh, Gurley. But, I'll, you know. What if it was like, what if it was like the 101 plus – do a, let's do a front receiver like uh, like Marquise Lee. No, no, no that doesn't move. Okay, the I'll, I'll end it there. But, <laughs> but no, you know, but this it brings up a point we talked about last offseason where I suggested that guys like Mike Evans and David Johnson last offseason were sells because of the packages that people were getting for them. So, you know, when you see a poll like this Twitter poll where, you know, people are just paying obnoxiously. I mean, if, if I were going to sell Saquon Barkley and and get, you know, uh, Todd Gurley and um, Juju Smith-Schuster and a second round pick or something, you know, some crazy package. Like I remember last off season seeing people just paying obnoxious packages for Mike Evans, which is why I, I thought it was, you know, reasonable to sell him. So if someone's going to ridiculously overpay for Todd Gurley, I would be willing to sell to capitalize on just ridiculous value. But, you know, I, I don't, to me, Todd Gurley is worth a good bit more than the 101 right now. Yeah, and, and you look at that Rams offense, they should be good for a long, long time. I mean, you know, it's not like they're going – I mean, they, I guess they could get bad. But, yeah, just everything's in place. The usage, um, you know, red zone usage. Um, yeah, but but a good, a good discussion to have. Um, and another good discussion to have is talking about players that are free agents, unrestricted free agents – and salary cap implications and, and speculate a little bit on, on where guys might go and, and define some values. And for that discussion, we brought in a, a pro to talk to the Fantasy Joes. And let's introduce them right now. Joining the Fantasy Joes, uh, since we're talking about salary cap implications, contracts for guys, we, we wanted to bring in an expert. So we brought in one of the co-hosts of the new Capology 101 podcast. It's Jason Walter. At DFFJ Walner. 
Um, he is a writer for DynastyFootballFactory.com. He's their senior director of public relations. And for better or for worse, he is a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? We're, we're great. We're great. I think maybe we're a little bummed that the you know, fantasy season is kind of over, but you know, it's Dynasty. There's no real offseason. And I think we're start, starting to get excited about rookies and about free agents, seeing where guys are going to go. Absolutely. This is, this is my favorite time of the year, um, especially in Dynasty. This is where speculation runs rampant. So if you're really good at selling some speculation, uh, you can come out on top on some trades and things like that. So I love this part of the season. And Jason, do you like to do that? Do you like to speculate, just gamble a lot this time of year just to kind of see opportunities? Or are, are you more aggressive in nature? Or do you just kind of choose your spots? Oh, uh, I am a very uh, – well, I guess I aggressively choose my spots, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So I have been fortunate enough where I won my dynasty league this year. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. I have had – thank you, thank you. So And uh, so far – and I've always been a top four team, and I've never drafted lower than 1.3 because I'm always trading – you know what I mean? I'm always trading for – like this past season, I had 1.3. I finished like – I was uh, I made it to the semis. Um, two years in a row, I had 1.1. So I, ha- I have Zeke. I got Gurley. I traded for Lev Bell. I have Mixon. I have the best odds to get 1.1 this year. So I'm always thinking down the road. So I had three first-round picks last year. I sat there and bundled those up, two of them, to get the first-round pick this year because I knew the guy, his team was just terrible. So I was like, you know what? The odds of him probably being a top-five pick are probably going to be pretty high. Let me give him number 11, number 12 for his next-year pick. He he did it willingly very well. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So now I have 1.1 probably. Um, so, yeah, so things have been good for me. Um, I also just traded for Thielen, traded Mark Cooper. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good times. Right now it's, it's just a well-oiled machine, and I'm just letting it coast. Nice. <laughs> now, now, Will's going to lead us through discussion on some of these guys, but before we get into the, the formal list, are there what are your, like, top two or three free agents – that you uh, predict if you buy them now, their value will, will rise dramatically in, in dynasty. Well, one person I'm watching really closely for a low risk, very high reward is uh, Sammy Watkins. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent this year. His fifth year option was not picked up. That's why he was also traded. Uh, so he can go wherever he wants. So uh, I would like to see where he might end up because if he ends up, you know, I'm not saying they would, but let's say, you know, Green Bay wanted to spend a little extra coin or yeah, I could definitely see him doing a one year prove it kind of deal. Um, kind of like Alshon Jeffrey did, um, where, you know, he'll try to show that he can really do something with a really good quarterback. And, uh, you know, like I said, you probably get him really cheap right now. I mean, he's a second receiver on his own, his own team right now. So, you know, if you were to throw someone a mid round pick or, maybe a guy you're not so high on that maybe someone else might be. Um, Sammy Watkins is definitely a guy I'm looking at. And, and so and I was listening to your guys' podcast quite a bit today. And is, uh, is Alshon's contract the kind of like standard free agent wide receiver contract that you're judging everything else by? 
Uh, well, kind of what he did is his 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 contract kind of is going to like set the market. Um, a lot of a lot of people are going to look at his deal. Well, actually, now I'm I'm lying. See, now that Devonte Adams, he totally threw everything in for a loop because his contract, even though he signed a four year, fifty eight million dollar deal, his contract is really only a two year, twenty one million dollar deal. So in two years, he can get cut for seven million dollars, and if they made him a you know, a post June first designation, you cut that in half. So it'll be about three million, three and a half million dollars each year. Um so yeah, I mean his deal really kind of threw everything up. I mean, Jeffrey signed pretty much the same thing, four years, fifty two million. So as you can see, uh that's where the market is right now for guys, for receivers. Jason, this is Trey. Um am I crazy? So I own Sammy Watkins in quite a few leagues. Am, am I crazy to think that the best spot for him to land this offseason is potentially in San Francisco, being the number one wide receiver there for Jimmy G and and um, Shanahan? I, I just feel I feel like he'd be a great fit. I feel like he's got the talent to be an alpha. Um, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what what the what what the possibility of that happening was. That's actually a very that's a. I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy Watkins is maybe one of their number one targets. Um, memory serves. I believe they have $117 million in cap space. Um, so they can pretty much buy whoever they want. And I think that running that Mike Shanahan, uh, somewhat of a West coast kind of passing tree would be perfect for him because, you know, he's an athletic guy, get the ball in his hands, just let him work. So, you know, running a lot of crossing routes, digs, slants, things like that. I think that'd be perfect for him just to get the ball and just let him do it let him do what he does best and just make people miss. So and then with Jimmy G being there, um, they're gonna have a top ten pick. So uh, I think they have number eight if memory serves. I think so. Um I think they're uh, they're gonna have a coin flip, I think, for either nine or ten. Yeah, so they're gonna have a top ten pick. So yeah. that 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 uh that guard from Notre Dame right there, I mean, he'd be an awesome addition for them. Yeah. So imagine getting Jimmy G, you know, short up the offensive line with that that guy. I don't know if you guys saw the video recently of him basically choke slamming some guy from LSU and teabagging him. <laughs> um, but you know, he, and he did it within like <laughs> it was amazing. Like you guys have to go back and see it. Um, so yeah, get him. You got Jimmy G, give him a receiver. Pierre Garcon's still going to be there for a year or so. So, I mean, you still have old reliable, uh, you know, so this way a lot of pressure isn't put on Sammy Watkins to uh, produce immediately. Um, so this way he can kind of organically grow in his role. So, yeah, I th- and then you got Kittle there as well. Yeah, I mean, that could be a great spot for him. I mean, I think opinion. Kittle went to, like, the, the most prestigious college uh, ever for, for college football, if, if I remember correctly. Don't. No, don't listen to Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, no, but yeah, I, I could definitely, like I said, and they have they have all the money to spend in the world too. So, yeah, that that's definitely a good spot for me. And Jason, maybe you can talk about you know we'll we'll get back to a couple of other guys. We we I know Trey and I are big on Sammy Watkins, um, but spotrack.com, s p o t r a c dot com. If you haven't looked at it. Just an amazing website, wonderful information, looking at the cap space for teams. Like you said, the Niners have $117 million, the Browns $112 million. Uh, it's cool because you can actually go in and play with the tools and, and you can 
you know, create cap space for your team. So I think the bears are like 40 for my team are like 40 something million. I went in there and I cut Mike Glennon, for example, today. It felt really good to go on the website. <laughs> and now the bears are up to 76 million. It's awesome. So, but, you know, can you talk a little bit? About- <laughs> Just kick it over the head. Sorry. <laughs> I cut uh, Marcus Wheaton. I can uh, just Williams. imagine you like fist pumping while you're doing it in the background. <laughs> you know me well, Will. You know me well. Uh, so, do you want to talk a little bit about this site, just briefly, um, like how you use it when you're when you're looking at free agents and making these decisions? Sure. So basically, well, first the first thing you really have to do, uh, you kind of, you really do have to know the talent level of the player and where exactly that they are. So for example, so if I'm looking at, so I was actually trying to pull up the Bears, uh, the Bears uh, contracts. So typically how you want ideal in an ideal world, which I never understand why these general managers do it. You want your contracts to be where the, you take the brunt of the dead money in the player's most productive years, because that's when they're gonna be most productive. You're not gonna cut them. So that's when the dead money's okay. When you get issues is like when, and this is what actually did the Cowboys in for a little bit was Jerry kept wanting to restructure contracts. Now I know when everyone hears, Oh, they're restructuring their contract. People are thinking they're tearing up their deal and they're getting a brand new one. No guys, that is not the case. So you guys, so everyone knows all they're doing is taking money from the left pocket and putting it in their right pocket. That's it. It's just all accounting measures that's all it is it's basically going back in college and doing accounting 101 and learning how to you know you do debit credit and things like that so basically what they do is they take they'll take uh, a portion of their annual salary so let's just say for number six let's say a guy makes 10 million dollars they'll take depending on how many years they've played and everything like that there's a formula so they can determine how much of that they can take so let's say again for easy numbers sake they take $7 million and they're going to restructure it. Basically all they're doing is they're taking $7 million. Let's say the player had two more years left on their deal. They'll basically get two new side, two new roster bonuses, um, splitting that $7 million. So what's going to happen is, is their dead cap money for those next two years is going to increase by three and a half million dollars. And we both know this is a young man's game. So you don't want to do that with old players. And that's what really killed the Cowboys. Tony Romo, for example, that's why he was one of the highest cap hits in um, in the league his last year. He was like $24 million, something like that, only because Jerry kept wanting to put on a credit card and do it now. So those are the one things that you, people just really need to understand when it comes to contracts. Um, also, another thing is that, like I said, you want to know where the player is in, in, in relative to their career. Uh, to see if there's someone that you want to restructure. So speaking from my perspective, being a Cowboys fan, Tyron Smith is going to be a $17 million cap hit next year. Now, he has been someone that they've constantly restructured over and over again, and it made sense. Well, now for me personally, I don't think it does make sense anymore because he's starting to have back issues. He's starting to miss games. So I do not, I would not prefer for the Cowboys to keep pushing dead money down the road because when it comes time to cut him, it's going to cost a lot of money. Same thing happened with DeMarcus Ware. They did the same as I think. I pushed the money down the road. They came down to cut him. It came to a 20-something million dollar cap hit. If you do it smart, like the um, Patriots, they do it, of course, they do it smart. They do it so when you're cut, yeah, right, I know, it's a no-brainer, duh. They do it so when, when they're cutting you, you're, you're not causing them any dead money. 
so they can cut you with no problems, no financial impact. Sayonara, pat on the back, thank you for your hard work, see you later. And it doesn't impact their, their, their cap whatsoever. So that's typically how you want to, you know, that's how you want to look at how these deals are done for your team. So, so like right now, like I said, Tyron Smith, $17 million cap. It. Yeah, that'd be great for them to restructure his deal, open up like $12 million of cap space so we could go bring in an Earl Thomas or something like that. But guess what? Three years from now, when we, when, if in the unfortunate event we have to move on from Tyron Smith because he has so many back issues that he can barely stand, it's going to cost like $25 million in that year to do it. And then we're probably going to do what they call a post-June 1st designation, where what that does is signifies a guy where they're going to take his dead money and they're going to split it over two years. So, you know, but still, you take $25 million, let's say, for example, you split over, you still $12.5 million a year. You know, it's still a significant debt. That is, like, what people don't realize, that is money that is basically you're paying a ghost. So, for example, Tony Romo this year, he was on the books for like $8 million. He didn't play a game. So those are some of the things that, yeah, I look at when I'm looking at my team. Good stuff. Really, really interesting. Uh, so let's get, yeah, this is, there's so much to learn here. We're just scratching the surface, but so let's get back to some of your, uh, your, your buys. So Sammy Watkins is at the top of the list. Give, give us a couple more and then we'll turn it over to Will and we'll, we can walk through some, some, uh, some interesting players to discuss. So Jason, who do you got next? Well, an obvious one um, for everyone, uh, and I've had him for since he came into the league, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Actually, it's funny that we're another 49er. Um, but, I mean, he just – the past four weeks kind of just solidified what everyone kind of thought about him. Um, I loved him personally coming out of the draft. Uh, you know, quick feet, quick release, all that stuff can make all the necessary throws that NFL quarterback needs to make. And he's a smart kid. So, um, you know, he, he – I, I think the San Francisco 49ers are actually going to – they're going to do this smart. I think they're just going to give him the long-term deal. I don't think they're going to BS him. Um, they're not going to do the franchise tag. Because also what teams don't realize is, yeah, you can do a franchise tag. And, yeah, great. One year, you're not committed to him long-term. You don't have the $50 million in guaranteed money. I get that. But all you're doing is, is uh, you're just inflating his market value uh, for the next year. Because, so for example, this year, let's say a guy uh, got, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins, perfect example, he got franchise tag for the second time. So I think his salary went up to like $21 million or something. Well, guess what? Now he thinks he's annually worth $21 million a year. So if you want to do a four-year deal, it's like $80 million, 84. You know what I mean? So like sometimes like when teams try to get too cute, like the Redskins did, like now they just totally shot themselves in the foot. Like we, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going back. I think the reason why he never signed a franchise tag is I don't think he ever wanted to be there. And it was just, you know, the right thing to do. So, but yeah. So, but anyway, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely a guy that I, mean, I have him. I've had him since he's been a rookie. So I've been patiently waiting for this bomb to explode. I think if you like Jimmy G that, you know, now, now really is the time I know his value has gone up. I mean, the time to buy was probably, you know, what, when he went to the 49ers or, or before that, if you were savvy, but, but still, if you want a piece of, of Jimmy G, his, his cost isn't going to go down. It doesn't appear. So I, I think you're right. I think there's still opportunity there. Um, 
any more guys and any like running backs or we'll see uh running backs um I mean, I, the thing with running backs is, uh, unless typically the really good running backs, they're not going anywhere. Um, so, uh, but a one, actually, one guy who I do see getting cut this offseason, just because he didn't produce what his contract said, is Lamar Miller. And he just signed his deal, I know. But I believe he could be cut next year for almost no money. Interesting. Um, are you ready for this one? Hey, this yeah. is one I, I, I've been, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of a long shot, but I definitely could see a scenario because with Deshaun Watson there where they cut Lamar Miller and they bring in Lev Bell because I don't, I don't know what Pittsburgh is going to do with that situation because they're, they're more of an old school kind of, you know, kind of organization. So, and I don't know, Bell, Bell just seems like a guy to me, like he just, he, like OBJ, he just wants to get paid. You know what I mean? Like he just wants to make as much money as he possibly can because he knows that he's only going to play until he's 30. So I don't know. I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to entertain the whole tag again. That's interesting. And then, you know, he has his, and then, you know, he has his, his, uh, his, uh, habitual, recreational uh, worries as well that he's, you know, he's failed tests. I mean, one more and he's suspended for four games, I think. Um, so I don't know. So I, I mean, I don't know how Pittsburgh is going to, how, how they're going to deal with him. That's, that's, that's fun. <laughs> that's a fun call. I think it's all going to be dependent on big Ben. If big Ben's going to come back and play another year, I think Pittsburgh would would be willing to because if if um, if if Lev Bell leaves, their whole offense is is kind of like a start over. So I I just I don't I don't know. Um, man, they only have two and a half million, and holy cow! Well, I mean, you know, that's that's a whole different animal. But he, you know, it's a whole, whole different quarterback. But I think, dude, I would love to see him go to Houston. I think that would be super exciting for the um especially with Houston's defense getting the guys back that they lost for to injury this year I mean that would be a game changer in the AFC yeah I just hope he signs somewhere else too just for like the excitement of it all <laughs> I mean it's not not a Steelers fan uh but he did just I mean, like could you imagine if, if the Steelers just said okay we're not gonna resign him going to the offseason like or like you know they, they made like a conservative offer he's like I'm looking elsewhere just the amount of like, the hours of entertainment that would come from that. That's why it's so much fun to look at this list because a team like the Miami Dolphins, there are reports that they want to sign Landry, but that's, you know, they're, they're 12.2 million under the cap right now. Um, so that, that's going to be tough for them to resign Landry in my opinion. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just fun. It's fun to talk about. Will, do you want to start hitting some of these guys on your list? Well, yeah. And, and uh, so, so the list, so I actually made this, uh, we like week 16 going into week 17. So some of the stats might be a little off. I didn't go through it so we can correct them. That's right. Uh, but the one, the, the number one player that I was interested in and, and I was kind of making some dynasty offers for him and just curiosity, because I didn't think that uh, Michael Crabtree was going to be back with the, the Raiders. And this is, I, I it probably doesn't matter now. I mean, for whatever it's worth mentioning is I thought this before there was a lot of speculation around. It. I was just like looking at, you know, contracts and potential outs and teams. 
And Crabtree was a very big underproducer this year for a team. And the, the biggest question that I have with all these guys is, is there anything left in the tank? And where would you like to see him go? So with, with Michael Crabtree, is there anything left? And your favorite landing spot for him would be what? Well, yeah, I think he definitely has something left in the tank. I mean, I just think as a whole, the whole offense for the Raiders just crashed and burned this year. Um, no one really produced well for them. Not even, and I have David Carr in my dynasty, and he was nothing like he was last year. I, I'm, I, it was so bad. I had, I actually chose to start freaking Jacoby Brissett over him some weeks. Like that's how bad it was. Um, so I definitely can see him, you know, uh, being there. Uh, here's the thing. I mean, right, right now he's going to be a cap hit next year of uh, basically seven point seven million dollars, and if he gets cut, it's zero dead money. So I could definitely see Oakland basically kind of doing a wait and see of what they, excuse me, of what they need and if they have what they need to get it done. So so basically if they need that money, then yes, they'll cut him. If they don't really need that money, then they'll probably keep him around. And at this point, I'll be honest, I mean, Amari Cooper is not looking stellar. So... If you cut Crabtree, who's going to play over there? But if you what if you cut Crabtree and then sign like one of the young guns that are coming into uh, unrestricted free agency? You could, but then but then the whole thing with Crabtree that's good about him is he has no dead money tied to him, so you can cut him whenever you want. You could even trade him, and then they, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when you tr- when a team trades someone they're still responsible for the dead money because that team is the one that guaranteed the money. So therefore they're on the hook for it. So, so whenever you see, that's why you don't see a lot of trades go down too, is because dead money that would be associated with going with that trade. Um, so, but here though, like I said, he has no dead money for him. So he did, he's really not of much risk to the Oakland Raiders organization. So, so to your point, so unless they sign someone, so let's say, for example, they sign Sammy Watkins, right? Let's see. Then, yes, they'll cut him. But if they don't, because let's say Sammy Watkins gets a better deal to go to the 49ers because of all the money they have, and, you know, maybe they'll offer him a longer deal for more guarantees. That's another thing that, like, people have to understand, too, is you're not the only horse in the, in the race. You know what I mean? Like, someone else is going to offer him another deal. And all they have to do is outbid you by $5 million, and he's going to go. You know what I mean? Because these guys don't have a long time to make money. So. Unless they, so I could see a movie here where you'll see the signing happen first, then you'll see Michael Trapt- Michael Crabtree be cut. What What are my favorite pers- people to speculate and where he's going to go and where he's going to sign next year and what he's going to do is is Carlos Hyde, unrestricted free agent. Do you think he'll be back with the Niners or where do you, where do you think he's going to go? Uh, what you know, what team do you think he's going to not try to go for a running back in the draft and rather try to pay a veteran like Carlos Hyde who's who's been in the league for a while and had some injury issues. I, I, didn't, it's funny, I didn't double-check, but he didn't hit 1,000 yards this year. Uh, he has never hit 1,000 yards then. So you might be able to get a 1,000-yard rusher. Because I feel like talent-wise, he can do it uh, at, a, at a pretty good value. There's a, there's a few places, actually, I can see him going. Um, it's bearing uh, – because, you know, I mean, the smart teams, they try to fill holes in free agency, so it lets them draft the best player available. But uh, Hyde, I could see him um, – Indianapolis – you know, I don't know if Gore's going to hang him up this year. I don't know if he said he is or not yet, but 
you know, if he does, I mean, I know they have Marlon Mack, but if they don't feel confident in handing the roles over to him, um, I can definitely see Hyde going to like Indianapolis. Uh, another place is, even though if I were him, I would not want to go here. The Giants, just because they have no offensive line, but they have zero running backs. So, you know, he definitely feels a need there. Um, another kind of sleeper team that I don't know if anyone's really thinking about, but I think it, I think the, the only thing they're really missing is a really strong run game is the Detroit Lions. If they had that guy that can tote the rock, you know, 20 times a game in between tackles and grind games out for them a little bit, I think it would not only make Matthew Stafford more efficient, which would be insane, um, but it would allow their defense, you know, kind of, you know, relax a little bit on the sidelines while they grind it out. Um, so I can definitely see him possibly going to Detroit. And they just fired, you know, Caldwell. So, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll bring in a uh, zone scheme offensive coordinator. So that's definitely something, you know, to watch out for. Um, and then the last one is Tampa Bay. Uh, Doug Martin really hasn't done much down there. Um, they put resources into their offensive line. I don't know how – I don't know if that, you know, if their offensive line is still, still you know, mediocre. Um, but they're not going to have a running back next year. Um, you know, Doug Martin, I believe, is going to be a free agent. All their other guys are, like, uh, exclusive right-restricted free agents. So they're really not, you know, highly touted, skilled players like Barber or anything like that. So – um, that's another spot where I can definitely see him going. And, you know, from a running back's perspective, that would be really enticing for me just because of all the weapons they have on the outside where, you know, you won't see that many loaded boxes. So that would be, that would be a, I think that would be a pretty sound spot for him to land from a schematical standpoint. Yes, especially if they think they're going to be progressing, you know, in their, in their passing game and efficiency and everything they're doing that, you know, they have to believe that Jameis Winston is going to take the next step forward. So I was thinking as you were going through your list, I was like, uh, uh, you know, about Tampa Bay and how, I mean, as far as fantasy-wise, do you think that that uh, hype train would get out of control? Shoot, I mean, I mean, I mean they, I mean, they, you know, they have players up front. I mean, they put some, you know, like I said, they put some good draft capital into the offensive line. I mean, they could always sign a few players here and then maybe just solidify it a little bit more. But, man, I mean, him and – I mean, think about it. Has he ever had – a legitimate passing game around him? I don't think so. He, he had more days than Alex Smith, I think, back in the day. <laughs> I'm kidding. So you mean back, yeah, back when they were winning four games? Yeah, he'd be a good fit in that offense. I think he'd be – I think that, you know, I mean, you know, these guys know coming into this year, I, I expected really big things from the Bucks' offense, and um, I think part of that was derailed by um, Jameis Winston not taking the next step um, as well as uh, the injury. But I think that there's just loads of potential on that offense and uh, adding a running back like Carlos Hyde that who's a is sneaky good pass catching running back. I mean, I think this last year he kind of proved that. So he, he can be a three down back. And I, I think, you know, adding a, a guy of that caliber um, could, could really be promising. I think Chris Godwin's going to become – a, a, a nice wide receiver there. So uh, that's an interesting fit. I'd, I'd love to yeah, see not that. Yeah, to mention they have uh, $63 million in cap space. So they're not hurting for money. And then, you know, O.G. Howard, 
he takes you know hopefully he progresses he you know he goes in the upward ticks that used that I thought he would be coming out of the draft and everything like that so I mean yeah I mean they're still really young still really young and so if you thought the high yeah, train was out of control for the for the Buccaneers last year I can't wait till to see where it goes this year yeah the thing with uh, Doug Martin he is on the team next year but he and he's but here he he's on the he's uh has an annual salary of $6.75 million. And if he gets cut, no dead cap money. So nice. he's cut. That's definitely happening. Yeah, that's yeah. happening. So let me ask you this. Just just talking Carlos Hyde, you know, uh, we could speculate all day about where he's going to go. Is he a guy that you'd buy in Dynasty? What, what's, your, what's your thought process on, um, on Carlos Hyde? See, I, I've never really been a big – Carlos Hyde fan like I know he I think he's good I've always been warm on him I've never been like you know a guy's gonna jump on the table and pound up you know pound on it for him but I'm not also gonna be like he's, he's not good um so I mean if the owner if the owner that has him I mean see here's where speculation comes in and here's where I would just try to sell the whole thing of like well I don't know where he's gonna land what if he goes to the Browns screwed you know what i mean he's gonna suck you know what I mean? then, then i'm done you know <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so like but the thing is you want to you maybe you want to try to trade for him so that's where this is a whole speculation comes in so i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't give up anything ridiculous for him just because there still is that uncertainty of you don't know where he's gonna go but he is a talented guy so that's where you just have to hope that the yeah. talent will just supersede no matter where he goes but i don't know if he's that i don't know if he's that kind of player you know what i mean so that, that would be my concern I t- yeah I, t- I tend to get the feeling that he's just being a little bit underrated like I, I think most people if they were to discover that he was the top the the number 10 running back this year to finish the um season it'd be a little surprised like he, he never really put up jaw-dropping numbers and and even really his workload wasn't ridiculous. So I'll be interested. I, I think there's – I have a suspicion he might end up being back in, in San Francisco. Um, but he, he's a guy that it'll be – this offseason will be definitely fun to watch. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see him go back to San Francisco too just because they have so much cash space. They have to spend it. But um, But you never know. Like I said, all so, it takes is one more other team to like him that much more. One dollar more. You know what I mean? That's all it takes. So, especially when they're unrestricted free agents, that's just where it gets a little dicey, where you just, like I said, you get the Cleveland Browns of the world who just wants to throw around money like it's, they're printing it. So, one quick question, Jason, to get you out of here. This isn't our Cowboys question, so forgive me, listeners. But <laughs> Rico, Rico gathers, right? What, what, do, you, uh, what do you think of Rico? Uh, you, you think he's going to be the next tight end for the Dallas Cowboys? I'll be honest, I'm very concerned about Rico gathers. Um, and the reason why I'm concerned about him is because of how long he's been in this concussion protocol. And you just got to keep in mind with him, like he hasn't played any type of football since high school. And he's going into the NFL game with those violent collisions. Like he's never had anything remotely like this playing basketball. So I'm just concerned. I don't know. If, I mean, I hope he does, but I, I'm just concerned that he, he never clears. Like he's going to have concussion issues for his whole career. That's yeah. what I'm concerned about right now. 
Yeah, that's too bad. Like I said, he, he didn't play college ball. You know what I mean? Like, he's going right to the NFL. Like I said, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping they just did a kind of stash thing with him where Jason Witten is never coming off the field. But Jason Witten's coming back next year. So, he's already said it. Wow, that's amazing. You know, you know, Rico is like a preseason DFS Hall of Famer, maybe already. Uh, so, I, I'm really hoping they'll come back and at least uh, – no, it'd be nice for him to have a really nice, nice career with the Cowboys. But, uh, but yeah, I got him. He's on, he's on my, he's in my IR spot right now. <laughs> he's only played football so, for two years. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. He was, no, that's what I'm saying. Junior in college and, and left basketball or senior year was going to maybe try football on the team for Baylor, but then they went through that whole scandal. So he was like, "Oh, looks like I'm trying the pros." And uh, there's been at least I, I, the the positive. Reports on him have been decent, so I don't know. I'm on board with Rico. Uh, uh, hopefully, he runs some really smooth routes, so we call him Rico Suave. Yeah, Rico Suave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I just mean, put it out there I mean, early, early as it goes. His career, Rico Suave. Yeah. Now, either listeners are going to be happy with you or sad, Will, because now I'm going to find that song and I'm going to play it in to transition <laughs> to the next segment. That's a win for everybody. <laughs> but but before I do, uh, Jason, we want to thank you for joining uh, the Fantasy Joes. Anything else you want to say on your way out? You want to t- t- you talk a little bit about, you know, plug the podcast, plug your writing, anything you want to say before you leave? Yeah, sure. I mean, just everyone just, you know, check us out at Capology 101. Um, we're on uh, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes. Uh, and then also we have our DFF, our DFF network of um, – podcast where uh we have six other shows from idp to Superflex, all that stuff so just go check it out yeah I, I, thank you so much for joining us i'm really glad you were able to join us I, I reached out to uh to brian hawks who who is also a co-host of uh capology 101 because i discovered it a couple of weeks ago and i really like the show and i think it fills a really much needed niche and and you know among dynasty podcasts because there aren't too many people talking about salary cap information as i think our listeners have learned today you need to pay attention to this stuff because I certainly wasn't as much as I needed to be before. And now I've, I feel like I've learned so much. So, so thank you for the, thank you for dropping the knowledge on us. No, yeah, no problem. Just so you know, like just, it's always better to get a guy, get rid of a guy a year early than a year late. Big advocate of that. So. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, Jordy Nelson listeners. You should have heard that a year ago. <laughs> well, if anything, now, now, now is definitely the time to get rid of Jordy. Just now, right now, right now, right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't, you know, it's just Aaron's gonna be Aaron Rodgers will be back. He'll be good. So, but then after that, who knows? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jason. Take care. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Rico. All right, guys, it's playoff time, and we're going to move on from Hot Bolt Spicy Takes. Um, I, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't say I won. Um, and Trey had an amazing close of the season, and I need to look at the point totals here, Trey, but I think you actually – I came um, in second. You came in second. You, yeah. You, you came back. So so well done, my I'm friend. Roaring back. Yeah. Um, it was a dumb game. 
Jimmy G locked it up for me, <laughs> taking down the Jaguars. That, that was a fantastic call. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the last call that any of us got right. And um, Jimmy G against Carolina um, – excuse me, no, Carolina Reaper take against Jacksonville. Yeah, QB5, that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, but what we're going to do for the, um, the, the playoffs is, is we're just going to straight up pick – these matchups and record who we all pick and uh we're just gonna see how we do we're gonna and we're gonna pick you know against the spread too so we're gonna it's not just straight up picks the first uh, question i have is ryan why are you keeping your picks so secret you know we kind of have a sh- the show sheet together so we can learn from each other understand where everybody else is coming from and i see a tray and will uh pick picks I, I didn't even see that There's you guys put a, your, how do you see you guys ryan, picks on the sheet to be honest ryan one. I, I mean like you know it's kind of for fun we're, there's nothing on the table but you go you want to keep them yourself. That's up to you. No, no, no. I'm so I'm so sorry. I didn't put my picks down. I'll put them in right now, and I, I will quickly put them in. I don't even have to think about it. So why don't all you guys go? Are, are we just going to take turns and talk about all our picks? Or are we going to go game by game? I think we should go game by game. I think yeah. I'm curious to see what you say in your picks too, because I feel like a consensus is going to be Kansas City and Jacksonville. AC picks pretty standard. Anybody anybody taking Tennessee? I think we should go game by game. So let's start it off with the first game, the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Will, who do you have? The Chiefs are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. So the Titans have really been turning around, sneaking into the playoffs. They barely deserve to be here. They've had some really soft wins. Uh, so I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't, I don't think the Titans really deserve to be there, and I think the Chiefs is an eight-and-a-half. Uh, point favorite. I bet it actually would be close. If I were doing spread, I'll, I'll take the Titans, but uh, went outright. Give me the Chiefs. No, we're picking against the spread. Yeah, I need to. I need to fix one of my picks because I. I need yeah, to I, follow instructions, Greenwood. Did you say outright winner at the very beginning of that? No, but yeah, but we're no, picking no. against no, we're the picking, spread. We're picking against the spread. Uh, yeah. Oh. And, and I. I All right. So it. gather your we're thoughts. Off we're off, okay, we're off wait, wait, okay. We need to like clap and <laughs> restart. All right. No, this is this is live. We record live. So ga- you gather your thoughts. I'm all in on the Chiefs. This line could be 11, and I would take the Chiefs. I think well, I'll, go, gonna... I'll go Tennessee. I'll go Tennessee eight and a half. I don't think Kansas City is is good enough to to. They'll probably win by eight. They're going to destroy Tennessee. I'm I'm with Trey. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think like three touchdowns. I, I think it's going to be uh, blowout city, baby. Uh, but you you want to you wanted me to change on the sheet then, Will? You, uh, you, yeah, I mean, give me some, give me some against the spread. All right, Mariota's good for three turnovers. <laughs> Let's hope that Mariota turns it around next year. I I, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I, I hope so. Um, I hope so for my Mariota share and my Corey Davis shares and and all that fun stuff. All right, so anything else we want to say about this game? Um, and while we're talking about these games, if we want, we can talk about guys that we might think you want to plug into some some of those you know postseason contest lineups um you know uh alex smith might be a good play here for example i think he's gonna have a big big week but um anyway it's not an exciting game because it's gonna be a blowout a much more intriguing game is atlanta um and la uh so trey you want to leave us stuff on that one yeah i will so i actually think this is probably for me one of my two favorite matchups of the week. I'm really excited to see how these teams um, come out. And, and uh, there was a part of me 
that uh, kind of felt like the Rams were going to make a push to the Super Bowl. And I still think that the Rams could, could potentially win this game. But I think that Atlanta, having been there before, um, you know, all the way to the Super Bowl last year, I think that they keep it close enough. So against the spread, I'm going to take Atlanta. I, I still think that um, the Rams probably win the game, but I think it's by just a field goal. Okay, with their uh, their unproven uh, kicker in the in the, in the postseason, they still have uh, what's that guy's name? Sam Finkel. I'll I'll check on that. Um, <laughs> Will. Finkel is. I'm, uh, no, so I'm going to go LA here. It's mostly because it's against. Uh, I, I I think that if people are putting too much money into it, what Atlanta was worth last year in the playoffs. And they just seem like such a defeated team this year. They've, they've barely scraped by. I mean, like, they lost to Miami earlier on. They're, they're just not good enough. They're not motivated enough to win this game. They, they, they were here last year, and I think it's just a tired team. And I think LA is going to win by, like, 14-plus. All right. Um, I'm going to go with just – I'm going to – I think the Rams will win the game. I think Atlanta will keep it close. Now, it makes me nervous how bad Matt Ryan has been. And Devonta Freeman has been struggling this week. I think he has a knee injury. I'm not sure that he practiced today or not. So that makes me a little nervous as well. But I think the experience that they have and the fact that the Rams haven't been here before, I think that's going to make a difference. I mean, I, I mean, I see a world where the Rams blow out the Falcons. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think they'll keep it close. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, go with, uh, go with Atlanta just to, just to keep it close. So, um, boring. boring. No, it's not boring. I honestly think it's a, I think that these two teams have kind of sneaky good defenses. So I think it's a lower scoring game than, than most people probably expect. I think most people think of Atlanta and, and LA and, and think that you've got, you know, two high powered offenses, although Atlanta, not, not so much this year, but I think that Atlanta's defense is a little bit underrated. Um, the speed on defense uh, the safety with, you know, Keanu Neal. I think that they have um, the ability to slow down that Rams offense. And I, I think it is a, a lower scoring game. I would probably take the under on this game as well. As a little bonus. Bonus. Free bonus. <laughs> bonus. The Trey bonus. Uh, Trey bonus. Trey bonus. Trey bonus. Do. That's a lot of okay. excitement leading into the next matchup, which is Buffalo at Jacksonville. Um, I, we, we've all got the same same call on this game. We, we've all uh, put down Jacksonville. Jacksonville, they're the eight and a half point favorites as of this recording. Um, what, what do we want to say? I, I think maybe the one, one thing I'll say is that I think Fournette's a, a, a guy to think about starting if you're in one of those, you know, like the Scott Fish, uh, you know, Fantasy Cares League. I think he's going to have a huge game. I mean, he's also a guy that could blow up on you because, you know, but I, I think with game script, I think he'll have a big game. Um, I want to tell you guys just real quick. Um, I, I think the fact that Shady McCoy is likely not going to be a hundred percent in this game. If, if McCoy were not coming off that injury, I would be tempted to take Buffalo here because Buffalo has just done a good job sticking around in games. They maybe shouldn't have this year. And so, you know, I I like them to keep it close, but without Shady. Um, And then the other thing I want to throw out just as a little uh, tip, you know, Ryan and I, Ryan mentioned that he and I both 
um, were in the money last year in the Scott Fish um, playoff. Um, and one of the things that I think helped me is I looked at teams that I thought might lose their playoff game that had marquee players, and I tried to use them in the first weekend of the playoffs because as the playoffs go on, like if you use, you know, like if you think that the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl and you use Todd Gurley this week, that's a running back you can't use any other week of the playoffs. So, you know, this is an opportunity, you know, maybe to use a, a Derrick Henry if you think that Tennessee might score some points but not win the game. Um, so I, I just, you know, pay attention to those marquee players on teams that you think might lose because you won't be able to use them in any other week. So just kind of a little bit of a tip. I think that's what helped me so much last year. I mean, I remember in the Super Bowl last year, I still had my choice of either starting quarterback. I hadn't used Matt Ryan or Tom Brady. I, I hadn't used Julio Jones yet. So I still had some marquee guys left because I was kind of saving them, expecting them to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and map it onto that point. I did the same thing and map it out. I mean, I've already mapped out what I think is going to happen in the playoffs and you may be wrong, but map it up and see, see you have left and then make your decisions that way. Um, and also go contrarian because I honestly thought about starting James white. Like I, I thought about it just for a second. Like, should I, should I do something kind of different? And I'm like, no, I, I really want to finish the money. I, I want to play it safe. And, and I didn't start white. And if I had, and a lot of other people had, we, I would have won the whole thing. And I, I, you know, so still regret that decision, you know? I, I <laughs> so think, so think about contrarian guys. Let me switch it up. Uh, I think I want to go, I'm going to go Buffalo here against what? the spread against Jacksonville. <laughs> Eight and a half points. Yeah. I'm, I'm good to go Buffalo. All right. I like it. Uh, the, the final, final pick of, uh, of the, the weekend it's Carolina going to play uh, my Super Bowl pick that I made a couple of weeks ago. I'm f- not feeling quite as good about it, but the New Orleans Saints. So, uh, Trey, you want to lead us off on who you got in this game? Yes, I will lead us off. And I am going to go with my home state, Carolina Panthers. <clears throat> and actually, for me, I would be tempted. I like New Orleans a lot. I like what they're doing. I like how well they play at home. I like the, the, their defense has kind of come a long way this year. But Carolina is starting to play really good football. Their defense has been playing well all year. They're finally starting to utilize Christian McCaffrey on offense. They're starting to let Cam Newton do some running. But I, I would be tempted to take the Panthers outright. Um, so for me, it's pretty easy to take them against the spread. All right. All right. Um, bold pick to, for them to go in there. Cause, and, and you know, one thing you have going for you, you hear this all the time is it's hard to beat the same team three times in the, in um, you know, the, the same year. Um, uh, but, uh, Will, what do you think? Um, you, you have the saints or you have the Panthers? Hey, uh, well, what I, I have, the, I have the saints and I think they're going to beat the spread. And I would, I would just slightly argue against the Panthers coming into the, to the postseason hot. I know they've won, they've won three out of four. Their best win was against the Vikings at home, and that was a really good win. But the other ones were a struggle against the Packers, a struggle against the Buccaneers, and a loss against the Falcons. I think that their, their, their defense it has, hasn't been bad, but uh, I, I would be shocked if they can go into, in, into the Saints stadium and, and beat them there uh, by 
or even even contend by less than six and a half points. That's why I'm taking I'm taking the, the New Orleans Saints here. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints as well. I, I think that um, they're going to cover. I, I mean, what what is it? It's uh, we haven't said we should have said the line. It's six and a half point favorite. So I think they'll win by by a touchdown at least. I think they'll maybe win by ten points. I just think at the end of the day, uh, they're a better team. Um, it, it's it's hard to go you know, to, to what, what do they call that place? It's not the Superdome anymore. It's the Mercedes Benz Super Bowl or Superdome or whatever. It's hard to go into New Orleans to win. So, so yeah. So this is kind of fun guys, because if you look at our picks, they're all a little bit different. Um, Trey and I have Kansas city, Atlanta, Jacksonville together, but Trey has Carolina. I've got new Orleans and will you are Mr. Contrarian here because you have, uh, the Titans, the Rams, the Bills, and the Saints. And I like it. <laughs> you just don't like it. That's it. No, I like I like the I like being contrarian. And I thought oh, said I don't like it. No, I do like it. And I think with um, I, I feel really strongly about the my AFC picks, but those NFC picks, I, you know, I could see those games going either way. I just don't know why you guys trust the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's so, like, why? I mean, there's really no – is there a really good reason for this, to, for them to, like, blow out the Titans? Have you watched Tennessee play this year? Have you watched the Chiefs play, like, this year? Like, they've uh, had but, yeah. a terrible they, – they've had some huge downs, and especially in the postseason. That was in the middle of the season, though. I think – I mean, I think they're coming in hot. I think there's a reason that they've got one of the higher lines of the week. Um, and, and I think that their home field advantage – is um you know i mean the 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 titans not only are they struggling at quarterback their their running game i mean they're demarco murray i don't believe is going to be i don't even know if he's going to play let alone be 100 uh, percent their passing game their defense i mean there's just nothing positive about the titans right now and i think that kansas city offense they're starting to rely on kareem hunt again and um, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill. I think they have tons of weapons. I think that they can make you know turn turn the Titans over. I just think it could get really ugly really quickly there. I think it's going to be low scoring based on the Titans' offense too. So I guess the line is what really makes me. I I, I think the I, I think the Kansas City is probably going to win. I just don't think it's going to be by eight and a half. They're, they're going to – I don't see the Titans getting blown out by that much. Yeah, Alex Smith's going to have a big day. I think uh, Hill's going to have a big day. I think Kelsey's going to have a good day. Um, yeah, I'm with Trey. I just, Tennessee's just not that good of a team. They're, they're not – they're a bad playoff team. Uh, they probably shouldn't have made it in, but they did. And, and I think Kansas City, you got to give them a little more credit than you're giving them, especially at Arrowhead. That place is, is going to be rocking. It's going to be really hard to win at Arrowhead for, for, you know, any team to go in there to win, let alone the Tennessee Titans this year. So – We'll see, though. It'll it'll be it'll be good, and and you never know. This is the NFL. That's the great thing about the NFL. Any of these games could go either way. Anything could happen, and um, you know, Blake Bortles could be uh, you know the bad Blake Bortles, and he could throw you know some pick sixes, and all of a sudden the Bills may pull that out. You just you just don't know. That's why it, it's fun, and that's why we're all going to be watching. Nick O'Leary is going to catch. He's going to house three tutties with no gloves on. The last one is going to catch one handed on the fingertips. Then go between the legs, almost like a basketball dribble, and slam it down in celebration. I'm just kidding. Give, who, who doesn't wear a I'll clothes? give that one a Carolina Reaper. <laughs> Plus. Which is, if he did that, that not even like an actual call. If he just did that, I might just like stop watching football as that was the best moment that ever happened. 
Plus, I think I, I think I looked at this and the Kansas City Chiefs won 10 games this year. I believe it was either seven or eight of those games they won by nine or more points. So, you know, they're the kind of team that could really put teams away, you know, several double digit wins this year. Um, and, and against some decent teams, you know, the, the Chargers, um, I think they beat the Patriots by double digits. So, you know, they, they have the ability to really take it to a team. Um, Kareem Hunt running the ball, running clock out. So I, I, I like that. That's probably the pick that I'm the most confident in. If I were putting money on a game against the spread, it would probably be Kansas City over Tennessee by more than yeah. eight and a half. I mean, at the end of the year, there are there three. We won't count the last one against the Broncos because it's backups, but they went uh, 11 against the Raiders, 17 against the Chargers, and then 16 against the Dolphins. But if you, if you go before that, I mean, they lost against the Jets, the Bills, the Giants, the Cowboys. I'll be, I'll be very curious to see what kind of team shows up here yeah. in, in the playoffs, compared, especially compared to years past because the Chiefs haven't done well in the playoffs in a while, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, but I think I, I believe this Tennessee team is probably one of the worst playoff teams that we've seen in quite a few years. I mean, they're I really I really think that they have no the the fact that they're in the playoffs and the LA Chargers are not kind of blows my mind because I feel like if you put those two teams on a neutral field right now, I feel like the Chargers would win eight out of ten games. I'm so – I mean, I really said the Chargers aren't in. Yeah. I think they could make some noise in the playoffs, honestly. Their defense yeah. is, is, is a little bit underrated. And, you I'm know, taking the Chargers. Even I mean, the Chiefs beat them. man, I, I, I'm, I'm bummed the, the Chargers didn't make it. The Bills, too. I mean, the Bills and the Titans are just kind of – it's like, wow. You know, and the Chargers are, are at home. I'm taking both of them to beat the spread. Yeah, one one more point. You know, um, the Kansas City, the big turnaround. You can, maybe you can point to Matt Nagy when he started taking over uh, as play caller, their offensive coordinator. So they've got that going for him too. Um, uh, you know, things going against the Bills. Tyra Taylor is is. I was looking at his splits. He's he's bad on the road. Um, I don't know. It's it's it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. But but on on that note, guys, we really got to get out of here and close the show. And we want to thank our listeners as always, right? Let's say thank yous uh, for listening to another episode of Fancy Joe's. You can thank con- you. Thank you. You can contact us directly. That's a new thing that'll never come back at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Your feedback is always welcome. Let us know how we're doing and, f- and what you want from us. Um, to that end, we're going to, we're putting together a survey that we're going to uh, ask listeners to, to listen to. There'll be some incentive for doing that. So, so more details to come. Thank um, you. We come at you. Thank you. Weekly. Thank you. Um, with new episodes on Fridays, generally with new episodes. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Thank you. And leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. And thank you in advance for leaving a review. Gracias. You can find us, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. Danke. Shay <laughs> Dre is at Trey Barrett. Thank you. Will is at Vanity Jones Girl Will. Thank you. And I'm at Roto Librarian. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> On behalf of Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. For Fantasy Joes.
this was true. I, I was hoping for that uh, that boys to men, you know. Uh, and a thank you, th- thank you. What is that? You know that song? Do we know that sh- that song or no? Uh, okay. Do I have to play? Do I have to play that on? The- yeah, I'm a great dancer. Thank God this isn't a video podcast. Um, are we? Are we gonna have to find that to, to play us out of the show? That that boys to men song. <laughs>